0: Welcome back to another episode of Win Championship Repeat Boston Sports Podcast. And in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the Damian Lillard trade to Milwaukee, how that affects the Celtics in terms of the Eastern Conference standings, and one player involved in this trade that could have uh, a Celtics uniform on next season. Um, So we're going to discuss that, then go to the Patriots. So one of the craziest deals that just kind of came out of this uh, last uh, few uh, days was the Damian Lillard trade, which was one of the craziest things. Because everybody assumed that he was just going to go all the way to Miami. And it turns out that that really just was not the case. Because most of the sort of pieces, at least uh, that Miami had, were not good enough. And uh, what the trade itself looks like is Damian Lillard to Milwaukee. Uh, The Blazers receive... um, a few players: Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tormai Camara, uh, Bucks 2029 first-round pick, unprotected, swapping rights on Bucks 2028 and 2030 draft picks. So Milwaukee's first-round picks for the foreseeable future are in the hands of like a bunch of different teams. New Orleans, I think uh, the Knicks have one now. Uh, the Blazers are taking uh, those picks. Um, the Suns are in on this, um, and. They are receiving Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So the Suns are, are getting in on this. They weren't as high on DeAndre Eaton as they were before, and I think you know consolidating his contract with some cheaper ones you know, gives them more versatility now because uh, they have Keon Johnson, who's a wing, Nasir Little, who's a wing. Uh, Grayson Allen plays shooting guard but could play the small forward. Uh, Nurkic is a center, so now they got some more... Um, Wings and some more uh, just all-around roster. They don't have a great point guard situation in Phoenix, but that's okay, I guess. Um, Blazers, uh, pretty solid value. I mean, Drew Holiday is uh, an amazing player. Uh, and even though he's, I think, 33 years old. Um, and you have DeAndre Ayton, obviously, uh, a very good center. And that's someone who fits far uh, better with um, the situation in um you know portland then if you brought in like tyler hero uh or someone else um that the um, miami heat were really looking to to give you uh, there wasn't anything that really star power uh fit that worked right um so deandre Ayton kind of helps them clear up a little bit of that log jam. he's a young center can help uh the young guys build this team and they're looking pretty good now This affects the Celtics in a few ways, and the first one being that now Milwaukee has a window that has just opened completely um, because Drew Holiday was getting older, Chris Middleton was getting older, uh, and there was the chance that uh, Giannis was going to leave at some point. He wasn't super happy uh, from a lot of reports, but now this is their chance to say, Look, we got something. We're going to make this better for you. And Damian Lillard is um, very good. Um, Damian Lillard at this point is the number one guy. 32.2 points per game. uh, Most points per game in the season prior to changing teams. uh, Portland to Milwaukee. Um, That's crazy. 32.2. He goes in there. He is a star. Um, This is like a crazy trade. Um, Milwaukee gets tremendously better. I hate to say it, but Milwaukee with this group is better than the Celtics in their group. Doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, but that's where Boston is in this, and that's where they are in this, and um, just better. Now, one of the things that has come from this is that the Trailblazers are going to try and make this deal become a little bit bigger because they're looking to get rid of Drew Holiday in the process. And so what they are looking for is trading Drew Holiday to a different team. Now, that has led to what we perceive to be um, a spot where the Celtics could get in on this. Now, um, the Celtics um, are a team that has made a lot of moves this offseason, and one of those that could come is Drew Holiday. So, um, Adam uh, Himmersbach, who is uh, well-connected with the Celtics Uh, Tweeted, uh, not a big surprise, but I've been told the Celtics are expected to explore the possibility of trading for Drew Holiday. Um, So uh, obviously, there is that situation that could end up taking place, which basically the Celtics in this case would be getting a replacement long term or short term, depending on how long he plays, but someone who is a replacement in a better replacement than Marcus Smart. I was on Reddit. And I saw a bunch of people talking about Drew Holiday because, you know, the Celtics rumors came up. And there were so many people on there. And uh, one person happened to be talking about how Marcus Smart is a way better player than Drew Holiday, right? And that's not even close to true. Marcus Smart's a great player, but he's not on that level. Now, one thing that I want to say before um, I get into this uh, a little bit more is that I think uh, Drew Holiday is going to have a lot of suitors. And uh, according to Brian Windhorst, Miami, um, no surprises, is the number one option. And I do think um, that Miami uh, is probably not going to be the one to get him just because I feel like at this point, why would they want anything that Miami has? Um, And for salary reasons, you'd have to add in Tyler Hero, which I don't think they want. And so... um, it seems like Drew A could go elsewhere. Now, um, the Celtics have basically two or three different options. So, the two easiest options, and these might be a little bit difficult for Celtics fans to wrap their head around. So, there have been obvious rumors about Malcolm Brogdon potentially not being um, as in on Boston, uh, and uh, there's some friction on both sides. So, they're basically two somewhat uh, easy trades to maneuver, which would be the first one, Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford, and draft picks. The second one, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and draft picks. Now, both of these options are salary-matching-wise perfect. And salary-matching-wise, they would make uh, no issues, no hurdles. And obviously, if you're a team out there like Portland... You know, would you want Malcolm Brogdon? Not really. But you could add another team into this and swap uh, Brogdon somewhere else and bring in someone that maybe does fit a little bit better with your team or someone that would be a better uh, addition. And, you know, the Celtics, um, you know, would be very happy with Drew Holiday. He could obviously start next to, you know, Derek White or whoever um chooses uh to be in the starting lineup. Uh but I feel like uh it's gonna be tough to get Celtics fans to wrap their heads around any sort of trade, especially with um, you know, Marcus Smart just getting traded. And uh the fact of uh everything is that Drew Holiday is a far superior player than um, you know, Brogdon and Al Horford. But I think Celtics fans in general just would have another gut punch because there are still a lot of Celtics fans that, while uh, Christoph Porzingis is better than Marcus Smart, they're still upset that the trade happened. And if you trade Marcus Smart in one offseason and you trade Al Horford in another uh, trade this off season, that's that's two blows that a lot of people can't take, um, even if it means making your team better. And Drew Holiday, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, and Tatum and Brown—that's like you know Steph, Clay, Draymond, and. Um, you know, Kevin Durant back when Golden State had four All-Stars, or Pierce, Garnett, Allen, um, and Rondo. Even though I don't think Porzingis is a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm just throwing that out there as examples of uh, four All-Star uh, players, potentially. And so, um, I like Drew Holiday as an option. If you can do a deal with Al Horford instead of Robert Williams, I'd be on board. Because I think you could have Derek White in the starting lineup alongside... Drew Holiday, Tatum, Brown, and Porzingis at center. And then you could have Robert Williams off the bench with uh, Peyton Pritchard as your backup ball handler. Um, And they do still have a TPE. They still have ways to bring guys in. So I could see that as an option, potentially. There is a third option, which is probably not likely. But it's basically waiting a few weeks. um, And then in the end of October, early November trading for drew holiday um and then also uh trading away uh, malcolm brogdon and like sam hauser peyton pritchard and luke cornett and like basically three or four other you know in total uh role players alongside brogdon to make the money work and it's just a lot more hassle a lot more issues and in all honesty if you don't get something done now then you're gonna have to wait um a few months, because I think there's like a waiting period after you get traded. So, if you're making a Drew Holiday deal, um, it would have to be something that takes place like today or like soon, because they haven't, I assume, signed all the dotted lines. And so, if there is a fourth team that joins in on this, and Portland, you know, reroutes Drew Holiday somewhere else, or there's a fifth team that joins and Brogden gets rerouted somewhere like the Clippers, and then you know, maybe the Clippers give up a first-round pick and an expiring deal or something to Portland, and Portland gets uh, that plus whatever the Celtics give them. You know, I think uh, those are all options. And so, um, while I think it's a little bit unlikely that Holiday comes to Boston, I think this is the perfect time for something like that because Portland has no use for it. Now, the one thing I want to talk about to kind of finish off this sort of... Uh, Drew Holiday situation, and this is something that I want to discuss involving Marcus Smart. Is there were a lot of people, who, a lot of people out there who thought that potentially Marcus Smart was done dirty by the Celtics and all his years with that team, and he was done dirty and they treated him uh, poorly on his way out. And you know, it's the same sort of it rhetoric that was brought up when he was traded. Now, Drew Holiday played for a few seasons in Milwaukee. He won a championship. He was seen as the uh, third domino next to Chris Middleton and Giannis. Is that same treatment, is that same sort of, uh, you know, sentiment going to be directed towards the Milwaukee Bucks, like it seemingly has been towards the Celtics when Marcus Smart got traded? Are they going to, you know, say the same things, make the same comments? Oh, why would you get rid of Drew Holiday? He's such a big part of this team, blah, blah, blah. And in both cases, they get better. Milwaukee got significantly better with Damian Lillard. The Celtics got better with Porzingis. And yet, people are out there saying, oh, well, why would you give it a smart? He's the the heart and soul of this team. Um, And uh, so I wonder if Drew Holiday is going to, um, if that's going to happen, where uh, he ends up, uh, you know, having that same thing happen in Milwaukee is criticized for, uh, what they did in that one. Um, so, uh, we'll see what happens. I'd love to see, uh, Drew Holiday come, uh, and play, um, in Boston because he is a great defensive player, great offensive player, and it gives you options. Uh, so I personally would be for it. I know, um, the packages would have to be discussed. Um, And the Celtics would have to kind of make things work uh, money-wise. But I couldn't see any world where uh, if all that takes place, you you don't just go out there and and bring in um, someone. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a good move uh, for sure. Now, I want to move on to the New England Patriots who had themselves a great week. Uh, They ended up playing in a game. Against the New York Jets without Aaron Rodgers, and they ended up getting their first victory of the season, 15 to 10. The Jets had a few options uh, at winning the game. It was a 13 to uh, 10 game, and then they decided, you know what, um, we're gonna have some great defense, and uh, they ended up uh, sacking Zach Wilson for a safety in the end zone. Um, that's how things kind of finished. Game uh, kept going and ended uh, with. The score 15 to 10. Mac Jones had one touchdown and 201 yards. Zach Wilson had 157 yards and no touchdowns. Um, and uh, Mac Jones was 15 of 29. Zach Wilson was 18 of 36. So they actually were both around 50 percent, you know. Um, and that's uh, interesting uh, for the um, catches for attempt. Uh, And so, uh, the rushing yards, Ezekiel Elliott was the leader in the clubhouse with 80. 16 carries, 80 yards. Ramondre Stevenson, 19 carries, 59 yards. Dalvin Cook had 18 yards, 8 carries. Brees Hall had 18 yards, 12 carries. Um, We saw one touchdown from uh, Nick Bowden, who had one carry for one yard. Um, Zach Wilson had one carry for one yard, and nothing came of it. Um, Receiving-wise, the Patriots had one touchdown from uh, Farrow Brown, two receptions, 71 yards. Um, and we saw Kendrick Bourne, four for 46. Garrett Wilson had five for 48 for the Jets. Um, and, uh, so we move on. Uh, the Jets had no sacks in the game. Patriots had three. Christian Barmore had one. Matthew Judon had two. Judon is, uh, playing great again. Kick return, Miles Bryant, one for 11 yards. Uh, Punt returns, Gabriel Peppers and DeMario Douglas, 2 for 25 and 2 for 14. No Marcus Jones. He's hurt. Chad Ryland was 2 of 4 on field goals. Um, 51 was the long, 1-on-1 on extra points. Greg Zerlin was 1-on-1 on field goals, 1-on-1 on extra points. Um, his long was 52. Bryce Beringer had 8 for 322 yards, and Thomas Morstead, 8 for 410 uh, for the Jets. Patriots will be taking their talents to Dallas, Jerry World, in what will probably be a loss, but I guess you never say never because they lost last week to the Cardinals, uh, Dallas did, so maybe the Patriots can uh, get a little bit of help from Arizona and, um, you know, they can get that victory uh, in that one, so that's going to be, you know, a very tough matchup for New England before they go back home to play the Saints. Um, the week after that, so Christian Gonzalez had a pretty solid game as well. He's kind of been uh, figuring out his uh, his place um, and has been figuring out his uh, position with this team, which is obviously uh, important. And so, um, you know, that's uh, always always a good thing for uh, the Patriots. Um, and that's where we're at. So. I want to now switch gears and talk about some football picks that I have, which last week I ended up giving you guys some picks, and uh, I ended up winning my picks. So, Indianapolis Colts played the Ravens, um, and I thought Anthony Richardson was going to be in the game. He wasn't, but Gardner Minshew ended up getting them that OT victory, which was very, very important. And um, we saw um, that hit. It was plus seven. Uh, which was um, very very good, uh, plus seven and a half actually. Uh, so even if they had lost in overtime, they still uh, hit for me with uh, the bet. So that was number one. That was uh, that was a good one. Then we had uh, our Monday night game, Eagles Buccaneers. Eagles got that money line victory um, thanks to uh, a very good game uh, from them, which is obviously expected. Uh, and that's important. Minus uh, 6.5 Seahawks, they ended up winning by 10, so that was a big winner. That was a hit, uh, which was very important for your boy. And then we had the Chargers, who ended up getting the victory against the Vikings, 28-24. to They were plus zero when I bet them, and they ended up winning. Um, So that's very, very important, and I ended up getting that victory. I also want to give a shout out to uh, the Dolphins, who won against the Broncos, 70-20, to 20, and their running backs each had three touchdowns. Um, so Raheem Moser and Devon Achini, um had uh, three touchdowns apiece, I'm pretty sure. Um, so uh, it was a good game for the, the Dolphins, and it was a good fantasy football, um, or I should say, picks uh, week for me. Now, I got some picks for this week upcoming. So... Um, Buckle up, uh, and we're going to discuss uh, several of those. I got four. I'm going to be kind of sticking with four each week because um, that's a good number. So uh, we are going to give you, in my opinion, the uh, picks picks of the week um, in terms of the standings and scores and what I think is going to happen. So number one on my board, and that's important, Falcons plus three. Uh, Falcons are playing the Jaguars. Jaguars, they do need a bounce-back game at some point, but I just think this is going to be the Falcons' week. They are on the road, but um, i got to say, Jacksonville hasn't looked so hot. So I'm going Falcons plus three. got our next matchup of the day, which is the Ravens plus two and a half. They're playing the Browns. Browns are at home, but Lamar Jackson... I just think uh, this is a game. They're going to come off that loss to the Colts, and they're going to win. So Ravens plus 2.5. Then we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are going to be 2-1, and taking on the 2-1 and Saints. They're plus 3. I don't even know if Derek Carr is going to play. If he does, that's going to be a little bit difficult to predict. But Buccaneers, I think, are getting this one. Um, They are uh, going to be... uh, killing it this week, and getting that score. And then we got the final game I'm going with is the Steelers, who are 2-1, and one taking on the Texans. This is a week where Najee Harris is going to break out. Um, I, I just see it. So Atlanta, plus 3. Tampa Bay, plus 3. Uh, Ravens, plus 2.5. Steelers, plus 3. Those are the picks for the week. Um, and so that's where we are for this week. So um hopefully the Patriots will have a good game against the uh, Jerry World uh and the Dallas Cowboys and uh, another victory would be nice to bring it back home for the Saints